Hello and welcome. You're listening to Emmanuel Christian Center's podcast. Join us as we dive into our series, Pursuing Life. If you're looking for new direction this year, this series is for you. Choosing life is a fundamental decision that has a domino effect in every area of your story. Get ready. God is on the move. Good morning, Emmanuel. How many of you love Jesus today? You love him? Come on. No cold weather can stop the love of Jesus. There's a fire growing inside. Come on, somebody. Uh, hey, today I want to give a big shout out to all of our locations in Lakeville and Elk River and Maple Grove Spring Lake Park and those that are joining online. I'm amazed, you know, as we've had a lot of colder weather and it seems to always land on Sunday morning for some reason or other, that we've had a huge bunch of our, our Emmanuel family the last few weeks that are joining us online and so thank you. Thank you for jumping in and being a part of the church family. We're beginning a brand new year and a brand new series called Pursuing Life. Super excited about what God's going to do in you. And uh, at the end of the service today, everyone is going to be handed one of these small little booklets that are Pursuing Life. And uh, it's a participation guide. And directly on the inside of it, there's a QR code that if you Scan over that with your phone, your camera on your phone. It'll take you to a website where all the resources you need to form a group of one or two people. You know, we're determined this year that we build relationship with each other. We grow together in faith as a part of our mission statement. And one of the things that I know has been an obstacle historically is like, well, it's either I get in a big group, connect group, or I don't do anything at all. But I think that young adults could get together over coffee. You could do it over Zoom. You could do it whatever you want. And everything is on that website. You can literally watch the, the, the videos on your phone. You can do that together with other people. So I want to encourage you, either start a group or join a group. And there's ways to do that after service today. I'm super excited about that. All right, I want to get right into the message. And uh, I want you to think about this word pursue. To pursue is to run after, to follow, to chase, to stalk, <laughs> to hunt. How many of you have ever pursued something? Uh, I can tell you in my own journey, I remember when I was a young adult and I was uh, attending a manual and uh, going to college and I saw Jody Morell. Jody Morell was a beautiful girl. She was another youth leader. And uh, great place to find a spouse, by the way. Uh, not the reason to become a youth leader, but it was a great place to find a spouse. And I remember as the sparks began to fly, I chased that girl. Like I saved up all the pennies. I used up all my resources. I remember on cold days like today, I would be downtown Minneapolis in my dorm room and Jody would be up in Blaine and, uh, and my car didn't necessarily ever start right. And so I remember it didn't matter because I was in pursuit of her. I was, I would do whatever it took to spend time with her. And, uh, and eventually I caught her and she became a part of my relationship. And, we, and, and of course the result of that ballooned and now it's now four kids, spouses and grandkids. And, uh, I've got a picture of the, of, we went to a Michigan game earlier this year and, and, uh, it just, just to be able to go after that. And here's, here's my thought on that. When it comes to pursuing something and you keep pursuing it, things get better. So I didn't just pursue Jody uh, to get her to marry me, but how many know I had to keep pursuing her if there was going to be a marriage later on? 
I also pursued her, her uh, chocolate chip cookies. And, uh, you know, Jody is world famous for her chocolate chip cookies. And, and uh, she used to make them for her whole family. And then, and then when we got married, I was her whole family. And in our first year of marriage, I gained 25 pounds off of Jody's chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, think about that. So there are consequences to the things that you pursue as well. And uh, as we begin the year and we think about the journey, I want you to see the relationship between what we pursue and what our life can become. And of course, we're not, you know, we're living in the result of other people's pursuits too. Sometimes there's pain in our story because somebody didn't, didn't follow through on their commitments or, or they, they fell away from Christ or they chased an addiction and it brought pain into the family. So I know that it's not just your decisions and your pursuits, but listen, whatever you go after, you have an opportunity at this moment for later on. In fact, there's good news. If you pursue God, he will be found. Jeremiah 29, 13, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. As a church, I want to encourage you, and even those of you, maybe this is your first time or you're joining us online, I want you to like consider the fact that maybe there could be a pursuit in your life for God. Now, for those of us that are kind of not a part of the church and stuff, that feels weird saying it out loud, right? That's for religious weirdo people. You know, you might be on the outside looking in and go, I don't know, but what if you did pursue God? What are the possibilities in your story? And for those that have been following Jesus for many years, what if you renewed, you upped your game and you pursued God in a new way this year? What could happen? What we can all do is determine what we will pursue right now. Repeating the mistakes of the past will only harm our future. Blaming the choices of others won't result in a different future. And all change will be the result of what we pursue now. And I guarantee you that your December 2022 self will thank you for what you pursue beginning right now, or it will hate you for not following through. And for all of us, we have the opportunity to, to jump into choices about what we're going to become and who we're going to know. The Bible's loaded with insight and the quality of life and the link between what we pursue and the people we become. I want you to look, look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 30. And there's this great statement, uh, opportunity, declaration that God makes over the people of Israel that I believe still could be said to us. And the opportunities that we have in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, it says, today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is a powerful opportunity. God presents to us a choice between life and death, blessing and curses. And we have the opportunity. If we choose life, there's so much on the other side of it. And not just for us, but also for our descendants, for those that follow us. 
How many want your kids loving Jesus down the road? How many want to see that pass from one generation to the next? Well, you choose life and it can pass to your kids. There's promises of that and God will be with you, not just for one moment, but for a lifetime. Life for a lifetime. I love what Psalm 1-3 talks about. It says, oh, verses 1 through 3, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But, everybody said, but, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season, and their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. This particular passage, I think, is really important because I've discovered that, um, you know, it's not just about giving your life to Jesus once. How many are thankful for salvation, for grace that has covered us from, but we live a lifetime of experiences. You probably feel very different today about your life and what you're walking through than you did perhaps one year ago today. And that's because you've gone through different experiences. What the Bible offers is the opportunity, if we pursue his life, that we can know his life, not just when we're teenagers, not just when we're at a good place in our story or we just got the praise report that's come in, but we can pursue Jesus in suffering in every season. We can pursue Jesus in difficult moments of history. We can, we can pursue Jesus when we have great success in our career and our business. We can pursue Jesus when things are struggling and we don't know where any help is. Friends, I want you to know we can discover that they, we can become a, like a tree planted by the water that bears fruit in every season of our story. As a pastor, my desire for for our church is that you be plugged into the river of life, that you have the vitality of heaven, the life promised in your marriage. I know that there has never been a moment in the time that I've pastored where marriages have been more, more under attack. Marriages are going through difficult seasons right now. And I would say this, if you've got a a struggling uh, relationship right now, maybe it's not just your marriage, maybe it's with a a real close friend or a, a loved one. Listen, it's worth fighting for the life that is possible. Don't give up. It's possible for you if you choose life. Let me give you three actions to begin pursuing life. We've got four weeks to work on this, but... I just want to get three actions in that you can kickstart it or restart it in your life. The first one is this. Ask yourself this question. Who do I want to become? Who do I want to become? You know, a lot of people, they spend uh, their time at the beginning of the year or they make goals and they set accomplishment goals. This is what I'm going to do with my business Here's our charts. Here's our dashboards. This is what I'm going to do. Or we set goals for saving money or paying off debt or whatever it may be. Sometimes we'll, we'll uh, jump in and we'll have a, a goal to, to lose weight or whatever it may be. And they're all accomplishment oriented. But I like to back the bus up because, you know, even 1 Timothy 4.8 says physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. You can go on a spiritual journey in such a way as to say, who do I want to become? 
What kind of dad do I want to be to my kids? What kind of mom do I want to be to my, my children? What kind of friend do I want to be to those that are closest to me? And you know what? We all have a journey in that. You know, there's times when, when we're, we're us without a Snickers bar. We're struggling and we get a little hangry and we snap on somebody or maybe we're not the person we want to be. The question you need to ask is not what do I need to accomplish to be happy, but who do I want to become and how do I get there? Because listen, people can lose weight, get the car they want, save up, accomplish their career, and still something can be empty on the inside. But if you are the person that you desire to be, it, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how many things you have or what you've accomplished. Why? Because your identity isn't in those things. You are a child of God, bought by a, a, a powerful event where Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead. You are purchased by Jesus, so you have value apart from what you accomplish. So you have to move yourself back to the question that we're asking here, who do I want to become? And how do I become that? Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three. but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, seek him first and you'll discover all those other things come along with it. What about your inner world goals? What are they? Who do I want to become? Does anybody here want, want to draw closer to Jesus this year? To begin to hear the Spirit? To be used of the gifts of the Spirit and people and your story? To move out of just going through the motions and, and have life and vitality and love? I, you know, I never want to ask for patience. <laughs> but I want it. I want that in my story. I want to be able to become more patient and less short with people that cut me off on the road or driving too slow in the left lane. I'm just being real with you right now. <laughs> Who you are becoming, not just what you'll accomplish. If you desire the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the kindness, the gentleness, the self-control, then you've got to have that in mind. So the three actions to begin pursuing life. The second one is this. Decide on your process. So if you have a desire to become, what is the process to become? Because willpower won't bring change. Insanity is following the same process over and over and expecting different results. How many have disappointed yourself with your own willpower? Right? A couple years ago, um, I wanted to improve my physical well-being and I'd, I'd worked out throughout my adult life and I, I'd love to go to the gym and that kind of thing. But I had developed sloppy eating habits and workout habits. So I kind of did whatever I wanted to do when I would go to the gym. And meanwhile, Jody joined a program and she had done for a year and she, she was like a beast. And she kept saying to me, she kept saying to me, hey, you should do this program. And she was doing this Farrell's kickboxing thing we go to in, in Blaine. And, and I, I could see her working. But to be honest with you, I was scared of the discipline side of it. Like, I didn't want to go through that. And I, didn't, I don't know if I wanted to, to sacrifice my, my energy, my time. I don't know what I wanted to go every day. And I had these doubts about myself. But finally, 
I said, okay, I'm going to go. And so I started a 10-week workout at this gym. And they have a 10-week program, and, and, uh, and I jumped into it. And to join the program, they, they combine your nutrition with your working out. And so I had to turn in logs of what I was eating every day. And I had to, I had to uh, go and show up every uh, Monday to Saturday. I had to show up every day, even though I was sore from working out and these new muscles being stretched and everything else. And I did not want to go half the time the first couple of weeks. I'll be honest with you. But because I said I was willing to go into the process, the process developed something different in me. And by the end of the 10 weeks, I thought different, felt different, and I looked at my whole life differently. What I ate, what I didn't eat, all those things became a part of the picture. The process led me to something. So the question is, if you want to become a woman of God or man of God, if you want to grow in your love for your family, if you want to move beyond the, the family of origin and maybe some of the bad dysfunctional things that were handed to you by the generation ahead of you, then you have to enter a process that will get you there. Because if you're just going to go, Lord, I wish for this, I want this, but you're unwilling to go through a process, you aren't going to pursue the life and you don't get the results. There's a way, a strategy, a process, or a path. I love what Psalm 16 says. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Now, I'm not telling you all to join me uh, at Pharaoh's. That's not my whole point of saying this. I'm just giving you an example of what a process will do for you. What if you determined, you and your closest friends or your family or whomever, what if you determined over the next few weeks you were going to start a process that you would be different on the other side of it? What could be? Or you could just keep coming to church, listen once in a while, Go about your work. Go back home. Don't change anything. Are you going to get any different results? Probably not. But if you put yourself in a process, and this is what we're talking about with pursuing life. What if you met once outside of church with somebody else and you just watched a short eight-minute video, went through a couple questions, and you talked about the process what if you jumped in with the rest of the church in a process beyond just attending? What could happen? What could be in your story? Hope could be returned. Something powerful could happen to you. And you got, you got to know that living the life that Jesus promises requires each person to choose to pursue life. Turn to the person next to you and say, you got to choose. You got to choose. Proverbs 15 says, a lazy person's way is blocked with briars, but the path of the upright is an open highway. Finally, the third, three actions to begin pursuing life is follow the way. Say that with me. Follow the way. Jesus said it this way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. This is, Jesus is not just a religion. Jesus is a person, and if we follow him, he is a strategy, a process, if you will, a way if you choose to follow and pursue him. 
He's not just looking for you to believe in him. He's looking for your pursuit. 269 times in the New Testament, the word disciple is used. And only three times is the word Christian used. In America, everybody's okay with being called a Christian. But Jesus didn't call you to come and just believe. In fact, later uh, books in the Bible say that even the demons believe and they tremble. But a true disciple says, I am on a journey to become like Jesus. I want to step where he steps. I want to become who he thinks I can become. I want everything he's got to be downloaded into my life. And I'm not satisfied with the download I had 10 years ago. I want it to be fresh. I want there to be a connection where I am following in the footsteps of Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? See, Christianity in the Bible is not only one who believes a set of ideas, but people who follow a process, Jesus, as their Lord, their teacher, and their leader. Spiritual change is the result of letting our minds, our hopes, and our plans enter a process. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way. Everybody said the way. The way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We are transformed by changing the process, the strategy that we enter. That changes the way we think. And now something new comes. This is the way. There's my little reference to the Mandalorian. For those that have seen it before. We have to follow the way. We have to follow the way and begin to say, okay, my thinking process. What do I want to work on? What we're going to talk about during this series is we're going to talk about in the booklet, just you making your own choice about what you want to work on. There's all kinds of disciplines that are in there that may be helpful. The disciplines don't make you a better Christian. They just help you follow Jesus more. And the goal is, is to continue to change the way we think. I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow in my love. I want to grow in my capacity to, to encourage the world that is around me. But if I'm going to do it, I have to put my mind in a place where I'm going to change the way I think. And so that's why we talk about reading the Bible through the Bible in one year, you know, with Nikki Gumbel that we're talking about. You might have a different plan, but I would just say this. When you read the Bible daily, it daily is a process for you to change. It gives you opportunity to change the way you think. On Sunday mornings, I'm just going to tell you right now when you come in, especially the next few weeks, I'm going to challenge you. I want you to grow. So I'm not just going to go, hey, boo-boo, you're good. You're a good girl. Everything's going to be okay. You know, I, no, I want you to get over all of your emotional drama. I want you to stop sapping the strength out of a room because you're having your own little downward spiral. Come on, somebody. I want you to get off the mat and become the person that God designed you to be because you can be that if you follow Jesus. And then, you know, as you gather in connect groups and you talk through things, I am convinced to this day that life change truly happens in the context of relationship. You know what? There have been more sermons preached around the world in the last year on Zoom 
and other places. But why are people not changing? Well, preachers can do better. I can do better at communicating. I can do better. I think it's simply because as a receiver of the message, we got to determine what we're going to do with it. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you're like, you know what? I know I need to, I need to do something different than what I've done before. When you open your mouth and you share it with a friend or you share it with a family member or you share it in the connect group that you're in and you say it out loud, that moment when you say it out loud is the moment you begin to change. It's not just when you believe it up here and acknowledge it, get a little squirmy on Sunday when pastor's preaching. It's really when you open your mouth and you say, you know what? God's speaking to me about something and I know I need to deal with this. I know I need to repent. I need to, I need to stop drinking alcohol. I need to uh, stop going to uh, places that I shouldn't go to. Whatever those things are that you already know. And it doesn't have to be some religious rules list. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. But when you open up your mouth and you hold yourself accountable by saying it to another believer, that's when the change begins. Because now you're not just somebody that can call you out when you mess up, but there's somebody that can believe in you and go, yeah, I, I was there when you said that. I knew God was saying it. Don't give up. I know you've fallen down. I know maybe you had a bad week, but listen, you can keep going. That's what the Redwood faith we talk about here at the church is all about. We need each other. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, I need you. In my spiritual journey, I need you. I need you to help me. A week from tomorrow, um, we're going to start our annual 21 days of fasting and prayer as a church, a week, starting a week from tomorrow. And as a whole church, I'm just going to encourage you to jump in and begin to think about what you would do for for a fast. Um, And if you don't know much about it, we've got some resources on our website. You can find it actually through through our Pursuing Life um, uh, website as well. And I would just encourage you, get ready for it. Why not? What do you have to lose? Nothing. If you just go for it. Now, church, I want you to stand with me. We're going to sing in a moment in each of our locations. But before we do that, I want to read a passage from 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read it from the message. But I want you to receive this message over your life. I want you to hear the words over your life. This is what the Apostle Peter says. He says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we've ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love, each dimension fitting into and developing with the others. With these qualities, active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master, Jesus. 
Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go on a journey. I'm ready to take one step, do one thing, one thing that would make a significant difference in you pursuing the life that is promised to you. You know, there are things in my story that I revisit because they get old and, and I get in ruts and they become just kind of disconnected from God. I'm just going through the motions. So I have to change up my, my habits, my rhythm once in a while, my prayer time, my worship, maybe even on church and be, my engagement in church. And I remember I would come in when I wasn't on staff uh, anymore and I was working at North Central and Jody and I attended here. And I remember I would come in and I had to force myself to move a little bit further forward in the sanctuary so that I wasn't distracted by other things. I, I, I did things like, uh, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to worship God in a different way today. I'm, I'm going to just close my eyes and begin to lift my hands and I'm going to stretch myself because I, I get caught up in what's next and what's for lunch and what are we going to do today? I need to make sure that those distractions don't prevent me from finding God. And he says, if we search for him, we will find him. And I'm saying to this to you, church, I know this for every individual, every single adult, every married person under the sound of my voice. God has something special for you this year. There is life promise to your story. There's a new story coming. If you pursue life, you'll discover life on the other side. So before we go to worship on each of our locations, and when I'm done praying, we're going to pray here in a moment. I want to, each of our locations, go after God. Let's begin to worship and believe in it. And then the location pastors will come up at the end each of the pastors will come up and you'll get one of these booklets on your way out I encourage you I double dog dare you to take and participate in that over the next couple weeks because I just believe it'll make a significant difference in your life all right just throw your hands up to heaven right now father we come before you and we thank you that you know us better than we know ourselves that Lord that your Lord your interest is in us we thank you for your grace Lord you're not looking for perfect people Lord all of us have sinned all of us have fallen short of your glory but Lord thank you that you persevered past all of our obstacles today Lord we're not looking to any other place but to you we're coming right to you and we're simply seeking you we ask Oh God, as we seek you, we would find you. I pray that there will be a new revelation, a new outpouring of the Spirit, a new hunger for the Word of God, a new love for our friends and our family and our neighbors, that there would be a stirring in us, oh God, that's not just more of the same, but Lord, we would experience everything that you have to offer. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you're looking to take the next step in your faith journey, visit us at emmanuelcc.org. We're excited to continue on this journey of faith with you. We pray that you are encouraged today by Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us.